0: If you have a Bible, would you turn with me to uh, Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to read Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. And it'll be on the screen as well. But uh, if you have a a Bible there, or the one in front of you, or behind you, if you're on the front row, it's it's kind of hard to get to a pew Bible in the front row. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. Let's stand up, can we? And I'll read this for us. Isaiah 11... 1 to 10. And remember, we're listening to these passages from Isaiah, these, these reports of uh, the, the vision, really, that God had given to him, these words from the Lord. Uh, the prophet is speaking to us. So as we listen to these words from Isaiah during these, this uh, season of Advent, I, I'm just inviting us to sort of. Uh, uh, just open up our, our hearts, open up our minds to, to sort of imagine in a, in a beautiful and real way what it is that God is wanting to do in and through us. Isaiah 11, chapter, or chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. And in that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear, the cub and the calf will lie down together, the lion will eat hay like a cow, the baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra, yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Don't try this at home. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. And that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. So we are in this season of Advent, and in case you weren't here last week, I just kind of wanted to refresh that kind of from week to week, but it's, again, this this time set apart on our, our Christian calendar where we're waiting, we're waiting, but we're not just idly waiting, we are anticipating we are looking forward and we are reflecting upon and preparing and yearning and longing for the arrival of the Lord. And we 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 sort of rehearse these moments, these the these this 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 longing, this this yearning during this, this season of Advent. Uh, we don't ever want to get used to the idea, and I had that in quotes in my notes. We, we don't want to get used to the note, to the, to the idea that God came in the flesh as, as one of us, and, and as, as a, a preacher of old said, he became one of us so that, that ultimately we might become like him, and, and we never want to get used to that reality. We never want to sort of allow that to become kind of old hat. We don't want to take it for granted or somehow assume this fact. And so during this season, we, we hang the greens and we, we have Advent reflections and we slow our pace just a little bit, at least as we gather together. and We, we center our attention and we focus our gaze during this season again on this amazing reality. We take the time to remember his coming as a baby. We we lift our heads, as the scriptures tell us to do, in anticipation and longing for when Christ will come again in glory and in power. And, and, And we awaken ourselves. We allow the Spirit to stir us in such a way that we are awakened to the ways and the moments in which he comes to us. Throughout the day, in His Word and in His Spirit and His Church, this is a time of the year when the culture all around us is speeding up. That's kind of how it works. It's it's you can feel it. It's like there's there's this contest going on in your soul. Perhaps the world is yanking you one direction, speeding you up. the 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 holiday parties are stacking up. the the nights the, the days on the Google calendar are you know, getting shorter and shorter. There's just less space. It's speeding up the, the, the hanging of all the lights. I finally got our Christmas boxes down out of the rafters yesterday. And, and some of you have been at that for a couple weeks already, but, but we're getting there. Uh, the, the crowds. I, I don't remember where I was this week, but I was like, why are there so many people right here? There are never this many people right here at this time, but today there are. And it made me think, oh yes, I think I was near Costco. That was the issue. Um, and, and money, oh man, money is just going through our fingers at the quickest of rates during these days, isn't it? It's like you just feel like whatever you might have, there it goes because there's more to, more to spend on. This is the, the way of our culture at least right now. And Advent invites us. In fact, just do this with me. Take a breath. Just, Advent invites us just to, to breathe in and to, and to think about this this God who has come into the world and into our lives in his son Jesus. And to breathe out that same reality into the world in which we live. To be still. To quiet our hearts. And, and really to create this space. I just love this imagery that, that others have used. To, to create space in which God might, might birth something new in us. We heard that Advent reading this morning about Mary hearing this news and how change was happening. And in the midst of all that, even good news, she needed to hear a word of peace and, and, and this, this new life that was being birthed in and through her. And what is it that God might want to birth in us as we create space for him during Advent? So we're, we're calling this series, Holding Out Hope. We're listening again to passages from Isaiah that, that paint this picture of Possibility and hope in the midst of some really difficult times. If we were to dig into a full series on, a, on, on the context of Isaiah, and some of you know that, and we'll get into pieces of it. But but this was a, a dark and difficult and challenging time for Israel. And yet here's Isaiah painting this picture of possibility. And, and wanting to do the same for us today in the midst of our challenges and difficulties. Holding out hope, as I said last week, is to believe in something when it really doesn't look like it's going to happen. To hold out hope, and this is what Isaiah is inviting us to do. Even when the situation looks dark and desperate, God is still inviting us to hold out hope in Him. There's a new day coming. There's restoration coming. There's... Renewal coming, Isaiah wants to remind us of. Even bringing light from the darkness, life from death. And so, again, in the midst of our situations, we're invited, as the one writer said that I quoted last week, to look beyond our present dismay, through the eyes of God, to see what will be that is not yet. Beyond our present dismay, through the eyes of God, to see what will be that is not yet. That's the invitation of Advent. And, and not only though for us to hold out the hope, but this idea of holding out hope for others to a world around us that is largely without hope, invited to be voices of possibility, encouraging voices, demonstrators of unwavering faith in who it is that God is is and what he's up to in the world. And I invited us, to invite us again to think of the people in your own life, the people all around you who, who need hope, who need a sense of possibility, who, who maybe are in some very dark and difficult circumstances even right now, and for you to be that person because you are holding out hope in who God is, that you could be that person who holds out hope for them. And holds it out in such a way that they might be able to see that and grab onto it for themselves. To see a plan and a purpose of God that is beyond anything that they could have imagined. We want to be holding out hope this Advent season. Well, it, it was just a uh, couple of months ago that, that uh, Aaron and I were back in Kansas City. And I think I told you a little bit about that trip. I don't think I told you about this part, though. We, um, we rented a car, and uh, they gave us a really, like, we, we rented, we, we were going to a theology conference at the, uh, I didn't bring a picture of the car, maybe Aaron has it, but, um, you know, I, I promise, I, I use the funds of our church very responsibly. And I had I had signed up to get the like the mid compact or whatever it is or the, this you know the smaller one, but we get there and they said uh, you know we'll, we'll, we got extra cars we'll give you whatever you'd like would you like a you know like a, a Jeep or would you like a uh, a Chevy Camaro? <laughs> well, Aaron was gonna be driving Uh, because he was going to be using the car a little bit more than I was going to be. So I said, hey, your choice, man. And he said, there is no choice. Give me the Camaro. (laughs) So so anyway, can you find a picture of it? No, it's fine. Just imagine. It was the coolest looking Camaro. It was all black on black. It was just like just black rims, black lower. Just really, really, uh, really hilarious, actually, if you think (laughs) of it. Aaron and me cruising around in Kansas City in a, in a, in a Camaro. But anyway, the, I say all that, say Aaron was driving, I was, the, I was the navigator. And my wife will tell you, my family will tell you, I, sorry, I drive largely when our family is going somewhere. Not because I'm a great driver, but because I'm a horrible navigator. And, uh, I, you know, you can have all the best technology in my hands. I will still get us lost. Anyway, we, I got us to the place we were going to eat, and that worked out pretty well. But then our, our quest was to get to the Church of the Nazarene Global Ministry Center, also known as the GMC, the Global Ministry Center. And uh, I had been there. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. So just now you can envision Aaron and I driving. And it was dark all the time. And there was a light that just went along us. And we were in the spotlight just like that the whole time. It was, that's how it looked all the time. Uh, so we're driving. Aaron's driving. And we're trying to get to the Global Ministry Center. All right, you can probably take the picture down. and I'll just stare at the picture. Uh, thank you for digging that out. Um, I'd been there before. This, this was built after I lived in Kansas City when I went to seminary there, but um, probably leaving out lots of details of this story, but uh, it recently built I had been there before, but Aaron hadn't been there, and Aaron just got ordained last year in the Church of the Nazarene. So this was like sort of like a, you know, a, a, a quest, a, a pilgrimage, if you will, uh, to the Nazarene. We don't call it Mecca, we call it Jerusalem, but to the to the heartland, the homeland of our particular denomination. So so we wanted to get to the Global Ministry Center. And I had been there before, and I kind of remember where it was, but I wasn't sure. So I looked it up, and the first Global Ministry Center Nazarene thing that came up, I just clicked on it and got the the coordinates and set it in, and we started going, following our, our master, Siri, who was telling us where to go. And we followed, and we went, and... And, and it was really taking a long time to get there. And it seemed longer than when I had been there before. And I sort of remember the geography. And when I saw the sign for the city of Olathe, I knew we had gone too far south. But Suri, or Siri, however you say her name, it was telling us that we were right on course. And so we took this turn, and we took that turn. And then the, the worst Possible thing happened that I think could happen. Siri announced to us that we had reached our destination. (laughs) Has this ever happened to you? Usually, when Siri announces to you that you've reached your destination, you've reached your destination. We had not reached our destination. We looked around and we were parked in front of some apartments, and there was no Nazarene Global Ministry Center anywhere in sight. There was a building across a pond. That looked kind of familiar, and I was like, maybe that's it. We drove over there. It was just like a community center. This was not a good situation. Have you ever had that feeling, and, and, or maybe you've done this before. You've put in the wrong coordinates, and you've reached your end, and you've got there, and you are not there. And, and you are at that. Maybe, maybe it was a different situation. This happened to me this week as well. I was trying to get somewhere. I turned, you know... a. a a wrong turn and went right into a court, right into a dead end. And, and maybe you've arrived at the wrong destination or you've reached into a dead end, but you have come to a place when you're traveling or when you're driving and you get to this place and it's like, this is, this is not where I want to be. This is, this is the end, but this is not a good end. Well, this is really what was happening with the nation of Israel in the passage where we've read from in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah speaks of this as a stump. The, the, the word for stump, or, or technically a stump, is a terminated plant from which nothing can grow. Maybe you have some stumps around your yard, or you, we have one in our front yard, and, and uh, there, there's, nothing is growing there. And, and this is what, in a sense, that, that the people had arrived at. And this is kind of, we were stumped, Aaron and I. We were, you're stumped. This, you've come to this place where nothing can grow. In the context in Israel, the stump in question was the stump of David's family, as the NLT calls it, or in other translations you maybe read in your Bible, the stump of Jesse. The, Jesse was the father of David, the, the father of this line of kings that God had promised that, that the kings of Israel would come from this particular family and, and that there would be, uh, they would be the bearers and the carriers of God's Goodness and his faithfulness to the world. But, but this, this line of kings for some time now had been having problems and had been leading the nation of Israel in a downward spiral. And it's not completely clear to scholars exactly what it was that had led Isaiah to say that, that now it was a, just a dead stump. But it was clear that whether it was a, a situation of exile or a situation of the particular king's choices... or or the invasion of a neighboring uh, power, that that this kingly line was coming to an end. This was, again, a situation of despair and resignation. A, A stump, you read it there, out of the stump. The people of God had arrived at a destination, but it was really more of a dead end. They were far from where they had imagined they would be with no real idea as to how to get there now. I want to tell us, right, I'm going to draw some words from this passage, but I want to invite us right from the beginning to recognize that Advent invites us to acknowledge the stump in our lives. Advent invites us to recognize that, uh, that, th- that there are some situations that we are up against that, that feel like a dead end. Advent invites us to lean into this reality that, that there is resignation, there is despair, there is discouragement, both in our own lives and in the world in which we live. I mean, it's, it's easy just to sort of, you know, sing about how peace has come, but the reality is that into this world, there is a lot, in this world, there is a lot of darkness. Peace needs to come because there's a lot of brokenness. And whether that's personal that we're feeling, that we're at a destination, but it's really a dead end, or, or whether we've just kind of come to a place where we don't know where to go from here, where it feels like there's not a lot of life that is emerging from this place, whether it feels like we don't, we don't really know what the next step even looks like. Advent invites us to recognize the reality and to acknowledge the reality of that stump. So if you're feeling that today, just lean into it. I I think this season of Advent is just a perfect time to not put on the happy face, but to put on the real life and just say, this is what I'm facing. This is the challenge of it. This is the difficulty of it. And, and sometimes we step into that. We live in a world with, with violence and war. We, we live lives that are feel, filled with pain and failure and hurt and emptiness. And, and, and it just seems like sometimes our very lives are those places, those terminated plants from which nothing can grow. Advent invites us to acknowledge that just like Aaron and I had no idea where to go, Sometimes we're like that as well. Out of this stump, though, if you see it back in Isaiah 11, this terminated plant, Isaiah says that there will come a shoot, a sprout, if you want to use another S word. Out of this stump, Isaiah says there is a new sprout, a new shoot that is Coming forward, a new branch, he actually says, bearing fruit from the old root. In the midst of this sense of being in a, and at a dead end, the prophet here, Isaiah, asserts new growth, the possibility of new life. A very faint sign, perhaps, but, but life indeed Life, the possibility of new life. The prophet is writing here of a new royal figure, a new king in this Davidic line, this this royal family that will emerge and that will arrive in times to come, in the future, who will positively enact all the best in the kings of Israel that they had failed to do, that will bring new possibility and new life. This week, I have told you in the past that I'm coaching a basketball team. This week was hell week for our basketball team. I think I can say that in church. Um, we had five games. Uh, it might have just been hell week for the coach. I don't know, maybe the kids loved it. But we had five games. The first one was in Royal Grande on Tuesday night, that's a ways that way. And the next four were in Oxnard, and that's a ways that way. And uh, so lots of travel, lots of time, lots of going uh, different places. But not only did we have five games in, in uh, five days, which could be really fun if the circumstances were, were good. We, we lost our first four of those games. Now, it's early in the season, and uh, every game is a good one, especially with freshmen. I love freshmen, by the way. Can I just say that right now? Um, but early, every game is a helpful one because you learn a lot about your team, what you're doing well, and what you're not doing so well. But I'll tell you, yesterday we got to play another game in the morning. And, and out of the stump of four losses in a row, there came a shoot of victory. Can I, can I, can I get an amen? Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and finally, we played a team that we were better than, <laughs> number one. And number two, finally, we did some of the things that I think we're, we're capable of doing as players. But from, from Tuesday night, sad. <laughs> Wednesday night, really disappointed. Thursday night, pretty frustrated. Friday night, just dejected. I mean, it was like a downward spiral. Saturday, we, 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 those three losses earned us the 8.30 a.m. game in Oxnard yesterday morning. But during the game and after the game, you could see the signs of life, the shoots beginning to emerge. And when the game ended at 10 o'clock and the parents looked at each other and said, we ought to go get something to eat for these kids, and the kids said, we know Krispy Kreme donuts, everybody said, yeah, let's go. And before I knew it, I'm sitting there eating a jelly-filled, amen. Again, and I'm eating a jelly-filled, and I'm looking outside at these boys, and they're they're throwing down glazed donuts, and they've got the Krispy Kreme hats on, and they're just fooling around and being 14, and and a shoot of life had emerged from a stump. Advent invites us to acknowledge the stump. Without a doubt. But Advent also calls us to look for the shoot. Where is it in the midst of the the, the terminated plant? Where is it in the midst of the darkness and the challenge and even the despair, the dejection, that we might be able to see where God is still at work? where he hasn't stopped, where he's still moving, and where he's still awakening some new sign of possibility and of life. You might have to look really closely. <laughs> we might have to sometimes look really carefully, get the microscope out, in fact, and sort of dig through what it is that we see in front of us to be able to, to discover and acknowledge and find and look for this shoot. We know at this point of life as Christian people we, and as a Christian church, we look back and we say, well, we know who that shoot is. That shoot is Jesus. Because out of that, that stump, that dead end of a royal line of kings came a new king who would become the king of kings, who would do all the things that this passage speaks of and will eventually do all of those things in their fullness. And we, we love that, and we believe that God sent Jesus to be that true shoot. And we also, because God sent Jesus to be that, believe that God can send a shoot into the darkness and the death of our lives every day. And can we look for it? Advent, indeed, asks us to acknowledge the stump, but it calls us to look for the shoot. <laughs> Where is it? Where is that tiny sign of life where's that tiny sign of hope where's that presence of Jesus even that is bringing about transformation and possibility well out of the uh, the stump of David's family will grow a shoot a new branch bearing fruit from the old root but finally Verse 2 tells us the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Advent invites us or leads us ultimately to to trust in the spirit. To trust in the spirit. Out of this stump comes a shoot. And this shoot we read is one who trusts in and who leans into the spirit. It is... This spirit that Isaiah speaks of, this spirit of wisdom and understanding, do you hear it? This spirit of counsel and of might, this spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord that will be upon this king, that will be upon this shoot, that will be upon Jesus that gives power, that enlivens, that gave energy and courage so that its bearer was able to do that, what it was that God had called him to do. This spirit in this passage is the one who comes upon this figure, this shoot in such a way that allows him to to create new life, to, to, to act in such a way that the poor and the exploited are cared for like never before. That to act in such a way that that brokenness and violence and 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 uh, just the the again the brokenness of the world the, in, in the in the relationships human as well as in the animal kingdom is being restored. It's the spirit who creates this new this new growth, this new possibility, this new life. This spirit comes upon this new shoot, and this stump has in its midst, this agent of possibility and of life. Well, back to Aaron and I in Kansas. Uh, you don't have to put the car back up there. They can remember it. But um, we, we were just parked in front of this, this uh, apartment complex, literally, and then in front of the community center. Thankfully, uh, I looked back at Siri, and this time I realized that I had just... Either the people who put that in there had put the wrong address or something had gone wrong, but I had pushed the wrong button, of course. I'm the world's worst navigator. And this time, I pushed the right button, and we only had to go back about 15 minutes. I think we missed a turn. It took us a while to get there. But we finally got there. When we got there, we, we had made, I mean, we, we went and took pictures of Aaron standing in front of the Global Ministry Center. It was really meaningful. We went in. We got a full tour of the place, probably more than we wanted. Uh, they were very excited about the Global Ministry Center and the Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> Gave us more than we needed. But we got a full taste of, of this place, and we were able to get to where we needed to be. I, I just think, again, as we're, as we're facing the, the stump of our of our lives, the, the things that are looking in front of us, as we're looking for the shoot, Advent is leading us to trust in the Spirit. We got a fresh, a fresh wind that blew us to where we needed to be, in a sense. And the fresh wind of the Spirit is that which guides us and helps us and leads us as we move forward into the possibilities that God is opening up in front of us. We are waiting this time that the spirit allowed the the well, speaks of allowing this this new shoot to bring about is not here yet. This fullness that he spoke of and that we read of there in Isaiah 11 is not in its fullness among us. This This Garden of Eden, in a sense, that is described as being restored. And again, don't try this at home. I I do not encourage you to go let your grandchild or your little child play with snakes. You're not hearing that today from Isaiah. But we're hearing this picture of possibility. We're hearing this picture of what can happen as we allow the Spirit to lead and as we lean into what He is doing in the world. We're hearing a, a... an invitation to step into these realities that God is creating and to, in, to experience fully what it is that he has in mind for us, just as we did there at the Global Ministry Center that day. During Advent, we're invited to ponder anew what it is that God can do amidst the stump of our lives, bringing about new life, inviting us to lean into that Spirit who is guiding us. It's a a glorious vision of hope and of peace. It's a glorious vision of, of a tomorrow and a dream, perhaps, that we never thought was possible, but that God is inviting us to live into even now, the world being made new. Well, today we get to continue in our season of Advent with receiving the Lord's Supper, and we're doing that each Sunday during the season. It's the first Sunday of the month, so our typical tradition as well. But today, as we take of the bread and, and dip it into the juice, as we're reminded of this incredible gift that God has given to us in the flesh and blood, the The body of Christ, his son Jesus who came to live and to die for us. We are also reminded that this this same God enters into the the difficulty of our lives. Just as he entered into a harsh world in Jesus, he enters into the difficulty of our lives. He's not waiting for us to get our act together before he enters into our lives. He enters into it just as it is. And he's looking even in these moments to bring a sign of life. Perhaps even as you receive the bread this morning and dip it into the cup, you'll be mindful of the new life that God is wanting to breathe into you and through you. And even in these moments, to trust that the Spirit is guiding us as we do. Let's all stand together, can we? I'm going to invite our worship team and our service to come right here. I want to just pray for us. God, thank you so much for what it is that you are doing in our world and for what it is that you're doing in our hearts. We recognize the, the dark and difficult place, the, the seeming dead end that Israel had come to the terminated plant from which no life could grow, this, this stump. And today we acknowledge that perhaps some of us feel like we're in a similar place. God help us to to own that, help us to acknowledge that. Help us to be okay with that in a sense. Help us not to feel like we have to sweep anything under the rug or push things into the the junk drawer just to sort of kind of keep everything looking good on the surface. Help us to know that it's in this season, oh God, as God's people have done for a long time, that it's particularly relevant for us to acknowledge the stump. God, we pray even in, in a moment like this as we come to the table today that even in the midst of whatever that darkness might be, that we would see a, a shoot of, of life, uh, a new possibility emerging as we consider who it is that Jesus is. and what it is that he has come to do and what it is that he has accomplished and what it is that he will yet accomplish as we consider all of that and what it is that you, Jesus, might want to do in our own lives and in our world today. May we be able to see with eyes of faith a new shoot that is emerging. And as we receive of these elements today, Lord God, may we sense a fresh, outpouring a fresh infilling of this same spirit who equipped and empowered Jesus, this same spirit who wants to come to empower us and equip us and to create in us the the kind of heart, the kind of character that we might live into the world, that though the reality of this world has not become all that it will be, that we might live with that hope and with that That grace and with that presence in this world, acknowledging and believing that you are at work even now, stirring and shaping it into your completed world, oh God. May we live into that as we trust in your spirit. Jesus, we're thankful today that as you met with your disciples that night that you were betrayed, you took the bread and you broke it. You blessed it, you passed it to them and you, you told them, this is my body. Take of it and, and eat of it and each time you do, remember me. And that in the same way, you took the cup and you blessed it and you passed it to them and you said, this is, this is the cup that symbolizes my blood that was shed for you. Take of it, and drink of it, and each time you do, remember me. And so, Jesus, we're thankful that as we receive of these elements, even now, we receive of you, and we remember you, and we receive your strength so that we might live in your ways, that we might be, as you were, Jesus, an agent of reconciliation, an agent of newness, an agent of possibility in the world in which we live. Make these emblems, this bread and body, your grace to us today that we might receive and walk in your light. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name.